This is Franchise Today, brought to you by FRM Solutions, providers of the best-in-class software solutions for franchise relationship management. Franchise Today is your destination for weekly information, conversations, and interviews with accomplished industry leaders, all of whom share best practices for sustainable growth and sensible franchising. Here now, your host, Stan Friedman, to kick off this week's podcast. Today is Wednesday, May 25th. I'm Stan Friedman, and this is Franchise Today. Well, if you can believe it, summer is just about upon us, with Memorial Day just days away. And before you know it, the 4th of July will come a-knocking, and then my favorite event of the summer, Labor Day weekend, rolls around along with the National Buffalo Wing Festival, ushering in the fall, football, and what some of us in franchising refer to as silly season, that time of year when events, expos, and conferences pepper the calendar back-to-back, sometimes even overlapping one another in the same week. Well, is it just me, or has there not been a great quickening over the course of the past couple of years that has days, weeks, months, and years just feeling like they're moving at the speed of light with a greatly accelerated velocity? Message me on LinkedIn or Facebook if you know what I'm talking about. I'd really be interested in hearing your thoughts as well. Hit me, too, with any suggestions for guests you might like to hear from, as I'm always searching for interviews with those who have great stories to share of their successful journeys on the road to sustainable growth through sensible franchising. Before I bring on this week's guest, John Erlinson, someone who's on the fast track when it comes to both acquiring brands and scaling them successfully, my thanks to last week's guest, Angela Healy, CEO of Avenue West, for being our rising star in franchising for the month of May. My suspicion is it won't be too long either before we have Angela back again on the other side of her journey to share more with us about her successful ascent to the winner's circle. So, with all of that said, today it's my honor to welcome John Erlinson to Franchise Today. John is the co-founder, president, board member, and investor in Youth Athletes United, a recently created portfolio company bringing a family of brands, all of which are centered upon child enrichment through youth sports. While the company itself is fairly new, it was established out of the pairing of amazing athletes and soccer stars under its umbrella. And today, across all of their brands, they boast some 15 to 20 years of success, with a total of 200-plus locations and nearly a quarter of a million children instructed nationwide each year. Youth Athletes United has earned trust in each community they touch. The brand's overarching mission is to help the world understand that everyone is an athlete and ultimately to impact the lives of over one million children. I'm back in two minutes or less with the high energy and passionate John Erlinson, co-founder and president of Youth Athletes United. Franchise Today will be right back, but first a word from our sponsors. Hey, franchisors of restaurants, bars, grills and taverns, and multi-unit franchisees, listen up. This message is for you. Atmosphere TV wants to help you cut costs on overpriced cable TV for your business and either replace it completely or partially if sports programming is essential at your locations. What Atmosphere TV provides are 100% 
free programming options with more than 50 channels of highly engaging and entertaining programming that is audio optional and guaranteed to please your customers and even increase their average ticket per visit. So here's how it works. Atmosphere hooks you up with an Apple TV HD receiver loaded with more than 50 channels of fully licensed, no cost to you, fun and lifestyle programming. These channels include Chive and Red Bull TV, bloopers, superhuman feats, and an array of viewing options that don't require sound to be enjoyed. And this offer is not just limited to restaurants or bars. No, any business with a TV screen in its waiting room can benefit from Atmosphere's free programming offer as well. So what are you waiting for? Cut the cord on overpriced cable and get Atmosphere TV with its 100% free, engaging, and entertaining programming options. Keep your guests happy while they wait to see you instead of watching the clock and their wait times. Chiropractors, doctors, dentists, auto repair shops, anyone with TVs in your waiting rooms, jump onto this amazing offer today. And if you text the word franchise to 474747, Atmosphere will waive the $100 setup fee for the Apple TV HD receiver that they'll ship to you as well at no cost. Atmosphere TV, changing the way businesses view television. Find them online at atmosphere.tv and remember, text franchise to 474747 for the no-charge Apple receiver. Cut the cord and get rid of cable today with Atmosphere TV. Well, some of you that have been listening to this podcast for a minute or two may remember a guest that joined us way back in the summer of 2018 when Paul Segreto and I were still hosting Franchise Today together. The guest I'm alluding to was Josh York, founder and CEO of the New York-based concept Gym Guys. Well, of the many things Josh shared that day, he flatly stated that Franchise Today would never hear from another guest that brought a level of energy to the interview that he would. Well, until today, he may have been right. But nearly four years later, today's guest may just unseat him. Let's see if that proves true. John Erlinson, welcome to Franchise Today. Stan, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure having you join me today. This is an interesting space that you occupy that as we talked a little bit about in the green room, I have some history working in your space from years back, helping I-9 Sports build out their friend dev program way back 10, maybe 11 years ago. So we're going to unpack a whole lot about what goes on in your world as the co-founder, president at Youth Athletes United. But we're going to get the story rolling with how franchising found you, because that's the way we start every week. So why don't you tell us when that was? When you talk about how franchise found me, it was the first business I ever owned. And I had had a bunch of side businesses in the past that had failed in various various ways. And one of the things our franchisees love about us is mine and my partner's story. We were employees in various sporting goods companies companies over the years. At one point, he was the president of Everlast. I was the chief revenue officer at Authentic Brands Group. And Authentic Brands Group had a startup mentality. We had raised $500 million from Leonard Green. And it was this concept of consolidating brands in licensing. So celebrity estates were buying Elvis Presley, Marilyn Monroe, Muhammad Ali, and it just scaled. It was a Harvard case study in success. And they've recently bought Reebok. That's where I met my partner today. And at one point, about eight years in, the big business model was amazing. I loved licensing. I loved working with licensees, but I just wasn't 
passionate about fashion and, and celebrities, but I've always been passionate about kids and exercise and sports. And so when we had an opportunity to exit, we sat back and said, you know, where can we put this skill set that we have of managing large groups of licensees, helping them succeed, but also doing it with a like a product that gets you out of bed in the morning and like, wow, we're changing lives. And we both had young kids and his kids were actually super soccer stars. At the same time, he was out there trying to find things. I had met the owner of Amazing Athletes and we started talking and saying, you know what, if we brought these together, we could create a youth sports platform that had a lot of big synergies that could accelerate the number one and number two needs in this mom and pop youth sports industry. And that's technology and additional intellectual capital. And so when the franchisees hear kind of my story of how franchising found me, it's very similar to them because they went through, they were employed for a long time. They always had these dreams of being an entrepreneur. They've run their side businesses, some with success, some not with success. And they finally hit that point in their life where they feel like it all came together. And mine my partner's story is very similar. And so we created Youth Athletes United and we basically ended up acquiring another nine companies after that. So total, we have 11 businesses that we've acquired and put on the platform. We've tucked a bunch in, so we're five brands today. And there's no looking back. It's one of the best decisions I ever made in my entire life. We really are creating a vision for the industry and something that's really unique. And we're having a ton of fun doing it. And I say that whenever we talk to new franchisees, look, we've, we've been pretty successful. There's great relationships, great partnerships. And then there are things that are in the life too short category. So we want to run a great business. We want to change kids' lives. We all want to make a lot of money, but we want to have a lot of fun doing it. And that's kind of the essence of the system that we built. So that's a great opening monologue. Let's talk about some of these brands and who are they? What are the criteria for your investment in some of these brands? And are you backed by private equity or is this all self-funded? Yeah. So we started with our two core brands and then built up from there. So I'll kind of give you chronologically. So the first business was uh, Super Soccer Stars and Amazing Athletes, the first two. We we bought those almost simultaneously. We had some, some money we had made from having stock options in the prior company, but we didn't have 100% of the capital. So myself and my partner put up 10% of the capital. The other 90% we raised from private equity. And um, it was the first time we had ever raised money, but we had, from our backgrounds, had worked with a lot of PE firms. So we knew what they were looking for, business thesis, capital returns. So we did have that background and it helped a lot. I mean, one uh, interesting story, we were looking at office space in a WeWork and we're in an elevator and the the girl who's taking us around was asking us, you know, what we do. And I was saying, yeah, we raised private equity money. And everybody in the elevator is like, man, how long did that take you? I've been working for three, four years. And Adam and I looked at each other and we were thinking, I think it took us about two weeks to get the commitment because we knew exactly what they wanted to see. We were putting up a big portion of the capital ourselves, which means we believe in it. That's a big thing that PE firms want to see is that you're invested alongside of them. And so when the going gets tough, if you hit COVID, they know you're going to be in there and you're not going to jump ship. Really just coming with a very, very succinct, organized business plan with a very clear sense of purpose. And it literally took about two weeks to get at least a handshake commitment. And then it took about a year to actually buy the businesses and get going. So you're building a department store, if you will, of youth 
sports programs. How well does this work in terms of franchisees and are they able to invest across different brands, co-branding? Yeah. So when you think about a mobile business, because that's what we are, we don't have stores, right? We basically go to places where they are kids and time. So if you got a bunch of kids, but they're in school all day, then they don't have time. But if you've got a bunch of kids that need to stay after school, now all of a sudden they have time and need something to do. And so the way we have set the business structure up is it's completely mobile. And so the interesting thing about a mobile business for a franchisee is the further geographically you get away from your house, the harder and harder it becomes to manage. Because even if you have an assistant manager or two assistant managers, but if you have a territory that's three hours away and you have a coach call out, your managers might be managing your Southern part of the territory. Now all of a sudden you've got to drive four hours to make sure that coach or that class and those kids are taken care of. And so one of the challenges we realized in the mobile business is basically density of revenue per unit of geography is very, very important to profitability. The best way to get more profit in a given geographic zip code is to add more programming within that zip code. An overwhelming majority of our kids tend to be under the age of eight. And so when you're under the age of eight, you're trying a lot of different things. And so we find 30% of our owners will add on an additional brand within their franchise so they can make more money in a tighter geography as opposed to traveling further with the same brand. So are they then operating separate franchises? Yeah, they operate in an individual franchise. So they sign a separate FDD. Let's say they take soccer stars and amazing athletes. So they'll sign two FDDs, but the back end resources are identical. The software is the same. The back office is the same. The learning management software is the same. The FDD formats are identical, so they're not wasting money on lawyers. And then also there is uh, discounts for everything that you add within the system. So it is truly, truly a platform approach. And the only difference is the content you put on the field. We are human Netflix for kids, right? We come out every week, so you pay a subscription. We come out, we entertain your kid, we teach them a lot of skills, and we make sure that they're really, really super excited uh, about coming to class, getting healthy. And you know, in the long run, hopefully they'll end up playing sports. But if they don't, and they're just more confident in gym class, we consider that a win too. So, I mean, this is truly, truly the economies of scale being employed here with the back end that takes care of all the bookkeeping, all the legal, I'm assuming all the marketing, all of yes. that across, across brands. It's all cross brands, cross platform, and you share customers. And the goal is to move your customers because it, at some point as the franchise owner, there is the brand awareness, but usually you're a pillar of the community and people know you. So they're trust you with their kid. And that's a big trust factor that you have to build. And so once you've built it, now if the kid wants to learn baseball with little rookies or you know they want to go on and learn golf and tennis with TGA, if you own multiples of these brands, now you can take that customer and move them through different sports and the life cycle goes, you know, instead of you go start 18 months with some cases in soccer and we can move kids all the way up to as old as 14 playing golf. So if you think about the lifetime value of a customer, it's a big, big deal. And it's it's really helped raise the average unit volumes. It's helped owners make a lot more money and be more profitable. And it's ultimately helped mom and, and dad get a better experience, the activities that their kids are in. So it has been a win, win, win. 
win. And it all came back to that original thesis of it's a mom and pops industry still. It still operates 20 years behind any other industry in terms of technology. Mom doesn't compare you to the other sports program software. She compares you to the experience she had buying something on Amazon, right? So she's got to have that same experience when she goes to put her kids in the program. And so that little thesis has has turned into this uh, this unbelievable platform, especially considering we did all that. We've been in for about three and a half years now. And uh, two of those years were highly, highly affected by the pandemic. Oh, I'm certain. And I'm certain too that while you talked about all the stakeholders that get value from the proposition that you provide, I'm thinking those after school centers are getting a tremendous value being able to get a multitude of programs from you. So you're not one day a week, you could fill five. Correct. And it varies, you know, because the school system is so fragmented, the way it runs, even the districts to the local schools, the preschools, the private schools, parks and rec department, and their interaction with the local school system. It's pretty amazing when you look at all of the opportunities and the way that we can support families and kids. I mean, it's really as broad as you can think. I mean, in the pandemic, we had franchisees when a lot of the schools were closed, go to the local HOAs and say, hey, we'll bring programming into your your community. You've got fields as part of your HOA for your townhomes. We'll just run the classes right here. We'll bring the classes to you. Private groups exploded where we started bringing the classes to mom in the backyard and then she would get 10 friends and they'd all come out and we'd run classes at their house every week. And so what it really taught us was there is a never ending demand. And anyone that has kids knows this to keep your kids active, busy, and entertained. And just because the school is shut down doesn't mean you can't bring the content to the kids at a different place. All you need is a little bit of grass, especially when you're talking about kids under eight. And so for the kids that are over eight, when we do golf and tennis and and those sports, you need a little bit more grass. But again, we've set these systems up so they are completely mobile. Coach shows up with one bag of equipment, maybe two, and they're ready to go to run a class of 12 kids. And so it's just this unbelievably flexible model supported now by world-class technology and marketing. And look, it's paying off. We're seeing a lot of growth because of it. And so are our franchisees. So what's the treatment of the experience like for kids? I know there are concepts out there that you compete with where the kids don't compete. They don't keep score or they mm-hmm. um, they make it non-competitive. What stance do you take with that of teaching kids to win and lose and do both gracefully? Yeah, it's interesting. There, There's a lot of theories and a lot of even barstool debate over this topic, right? And so we kind of aspire to the theory that at some point you do need to compete and at some point you have to understand to win and lose. But the timing of when you teach somebody that needs to be phased in over time. And so when you start with the toddlers or you start with the kids that are four to six, We want kids to learn the fundamentals and have a ton of fun. And so the classes are set up where they're, are what makes us unique and different from, let's say, some park and rec programs is we're, we don't run separate games outside of our classes. The classes are during the week. There may be a small game at the end or a small activity at the end. So soccer at the end will finish with a scrimmage where we don't keep score, but you're using all the fundamentals and you're trying to focus on how do I take all the fundamentals I just learned in the class and apply them to the game. 
by the time they graduate from six and up, we do start to get into more and more competitive. We start with rack. And then if kids are really, really good, at least on the soccer side, we'll move them into competitive, what we call United Development. And then ultimately they can move into our competitive travel team. So fundamentally, it shouldn't be an argument about whether kids should compete or not. You have to learn how to win and lose in life. You have to. The argument and the debate, I always think, should be the timing of when you implement that. We think we figured it out in a really, really good way because we got 20 years of double-digit growth across all our brands, and we have a lot of happy parents, and we have a lot of happy kids. And so for us, we do think that the the sub-six, it's probably too early to really be focusing on competition. You should be focused on the game and the skills. And then as you age over six, that's a decision you parents have to make with you on how much you want to compete. Should it be rec? Should it be full intense programming? That's kind of up to the individual athlete, in our opinion. We're talking today with John Erlinson, co-founder, president, member of the board, and investor at Youth Athletes United. We're going to take a quick break and when we come back, John, I want to talk more about the brands themselves and who it is that makes the ideal franchisee. And I have a suspicion it's not the coaches, but we'll talk about that when we come back. <laughs> Absolutely. Franchise Today will be right back. But first, a word from our sponsors. We are all familiar with Vistage, YPO, and EO. Well, now comes Zor Forum, a somewhat similar type of executive group. But this one comes with a twist. Zor Forum groups are exclusively for franchisors. Imagine a peer group for sharing and networking on a platform built exclusively for franchise executives. Zor Forum members are afforded unparalleled access to best practices and and some of the brightest minds within the franchising world through regular meetings and a dedicated communications platform. In this post-COVID world, a franchise-specific mastermind or peer group is an endeavor worth making time for. Zor Forum groups of 6 to 10 will bring leaders together that are in similar situations, but with exclusivity in terms of their competitive set so that each can openly help others benefit from their respective knowledge, perspective, and experience with no fear of competitive loss. Network, learn, strategize, and remain motivated along your journey. Join a peer group, not just any peer group. Join the only one designed for emerging franchisors. Join Zor Forum. Learn more at zorforum.com. That's www.zorforum.com. And my conversation today continues with John Erlinson, co-founder and president of Youth Athletes United, a family of brands that are taking the world of youth sports to a whole new level. You've got how many brands now? Uh, five core brands. Five core brands. And your goal by the end of what, one, three, or even five years would be how many? Uh, we see about three to four more sports verticals that we want to be in. You know, So we think there's probably in the range of nine to 10 brands total. That would make sense, again, when you focus on this kind of eight and under. And then the next question is how much do you expand into the rec pathway, you know, where the I-9s are of the world. Right. Uh, but for right now, there's there's plenty to do in the, in the sub-8 category. So real quickly, just tick off what the brands are and which sports you're playing and fielding. Yeah. So if you look at our portfolio today, it's made up of a combination and it started with soccer. So Super Soccer Stars is the largest operated soccer program in the country. It's the second largest behind Soccer Shots. And our claim to fame is 
we can take you crib to college in that program. And it's one of the few programs where the soccer stars program, again, does, we started 18 months and we have kids all the way up until they're 17. Then we also have amazing athletes and jump bunch, which actually run kind of as one contiguous system. It was a a combination of mergers, but they are the number one and number two multi-sport program in the country. And essentially we start in preschools. We started 18 months and we teach kids the fundamentals of 10 different sports on the amazing athlete side. On the jump bunch side, it's more activity-based. So we'll teach the 10 sports, but there's also a ton of gameplay. And the focus fundamentally of all of those multi-sport programs is variety. It's about nutrition. We teach teamwork. We teach life skills. And we want to make sure the kids have fun. And they really, really start to get just a lifetime of fitness. Like that's the way we want them to think. And so we do that with those two brands. From there, we have uh, Little Rookies, which was really designed fundamentally based on one data point. Anybody who has ever put their kid in T-ball, 90% of, of the complaints are most kids are just sitting around in the outfield not doing anything. Well, one kid learns how to hit. It's 99% of the time run by volunteers and the volunteers are great people that love baseball, but they don't really love babysitting young kids. And so that shows up in the numbers because only 20% of the kids that try T-ball ever make it into Little League according to Little League statistics. So what Little Rookies was designed to do, it was designed to make it fun for kids, to give the game more action. For example, nobody sits in the field because rarely does the ball ever get there. So we break it into groups of six, not full teams. Then if a kid gets up to bat and let's say they start with the tee and they're having a hard time hitting off the tee, well, guess what? The coach is behind there throwing a ball out to every single kid. So there's field actioning on every play. Like it's just reps. And then we use a lot of the basics of the obstacles and the warmups and the fun play part and the education part from things like that we do in Amazing Athletes. And so it gets this really, really intense, fun, hyper-designed baseball experience for a kid that might be four or five, six. And so by By the time they do get into the bigger programs, which usually are community run or little league or so on and so forth, they have really developed the skills of the game. And there's a much, much higher rate of of kids staying in with baseball for life. And then the last, but definitely not least, is uh, our TGA, Premier Sports. Primarily, it's a tennis and golf brand. And it does start at six and goes up to 14. And it really is one of the few programs in the country that is a mobile program, very well designed and thought out, both in tennis and golf, of where you can bring that experience to the kids. Most of the times it runs at elementary schools, parks and rec, golf clubs, tennis clubs. Um, But what makes it unique is there's a lot of golf pros out there, but not a lot of golf pros that really want to work with kids. They want to work with the high level kids. They don't want to work with the kids that are just picking up a racket or a club for the first time. And so that's where we've kind of extended the player pathway a little bit, but we love that brand and that business. And I would tell you every single one is like its own unique movie. It's its own unique content. The content changes every week. It's progressive. We teach new skills. We challenge the kids to be better than they were the last week. And we spend a ton of time and energy at corporate working on content, videos, curriculums. And if you have thousands of coaches in the system, how do you 
make sure that there is a consistent class being given every single week at the highest quality. And the only way to do that is to make sure that corporate is a content machine and is organizing these things. So for the coaches, it's just a no brainer of like, hey, I just got to manage the kids and I know exactly what I got to do to teach them today. And that model is, it's a little unique compared to some of the other systems. I don't think they take as relentless of approach and very few systems do it across this big of a platform of content, but it's working really, really well. I wanted to check in with you on who the franchisees should be. Should they be coaches or should they be business people or are they hybrids in both? Yeah. So what's really interesting is I would say there's a, there's a couple different types of people. There is no one franchisee that profile where it's the same person 90% of the time. There's probably a few that I'll lay out. So one is a former business person that was usually in sales of some type. So they know they can go out and sell. They love sports and love kids fundamentally, but they hated their sales job. So we see a lot of that. And those owners come in and do very, very well. And they tend to be some of our biggest owners because they love sports. They know how to manage big groups of people that are roving, right? They're used to a mobile platform. They weren't going into an office. They were out there knocking on doors every day. And if you can do that, this is not a hard sale to make when you have all of our materials and our support and everything else. So that is one type of owner. The other type of owner is somebody usually that comes from an education background or some sort of background where they they worked with kids exclusively full-time, part-time. They don't really know how to sell at all. They've never sold anything in their entire life, but they just love sports and kids and activity. Sometimes they're not even diehard sports fans. They just like activity. They're just fitness people and they like kids. And so they just want to know how to make a living doing that. So for those people, we spend more time teaching them how to sell and less time on how to run curriculum because some of them were former PE teachers and they know and they can get in and take our curriculum in five seconds. They can run it and they can teach coaches how to run it. And then the third one is we do actually have a lot of former coaches that have bought in. And when they buy in, usually it's because they worked for an owner for a couple of years. The owner decided they wanted to retire. And we love that because who better to buy into the system than somebody who's basically been running the business for the last three years. And because this is a more of a professional coach that's being paid and we don't use volunteers, we do find actually that the coaches, the great ones, they make awesome, awesome franchise owners. And really what's interesting with that group is they already know how to coach. They already understand how the business business works because they work closely with the owner. They already understand how to sell usually because by the time they want to buy, they've met the preschool directors and the elementary school and they've met with the golf courses. So they know how to interact with the community. What they're worried about is how do I own a business? What do I do with my finances? How do I do my taxes? Well, for us, that's what we do. We are there as a franchisor to fill in the skill set you don't have. You know, in baseball, you talk about five tool players, right? So same thing. If you're really, really good at one of the five skills, we're going to help make you better at the other four. Or if you're great at four, we're going to help make you better at the other one. And that's what's made us such a great franchisor is it's not a one size fits all because there's a lot of people that like sports can mean a lot of different things, right? It's not like spraying mosquitoes, which can only mean one thing. And kids come in all different ages and every two years, they come in different ages and different personalities. And by the way, it's a different type of person that wants to work with a 12-year-old kid versus a two-year-old kid. And then the business skills, those are just mechanics, man. That's easy. That's blocking and tackling. You could teach that to anybody. And that fundamentally is our job. 
And that's how we view our mission as a franchisor. I'll tell you one other thing is we see our franchisees not only as partners, but as our customer. And I don't think you hear a lot of franchisors say that. What we say to the staff, and I say to the staff all the time is, we need to have the same relentless, relentless, never-ending drive to make sure that that franchisee is supported and successful. And it should be no different than the way Amazon has this relentless drive to make sure that you you as the customer have the best possible experience. Because if we do that and the franchisee wakes up every day happy and well-supported and gets the tools that they need, then guess what? Our end consumer, the kid and mom and dad, they're going to be really, really happy too and everybody wins. How are the parents in this domain of yours? It's been a few minutes since I had a little league aged child, but boy, I remember that everything about the experience of my kids' sports events were fun until the parents got involved. <laughs> Do parents behave? Do they actually stick around? Because you're saying you're not always in the game environment. You're more in an after-school environment. So I guess it's not really parent-attended all the time. Yes. So the number one thing, weekends, the weekend classes in the parks and rec, the parents are there. But the number one thing I would tell you I think our franchise owners love is we don't have parent problems. Because you're not trying to make a team. You're not trying to argue with why your kid didn't get more playing time. The kids, when they leave the, now take our travel businesses, which are a smaller percentage out of it, because we do have those challenges there, like every other travel program. But for the overwhelming majority of the franchisees and the revenue, 98% of the, of the total system-wide revenue, there's zero parent problems in terms of, hey, my kid didn't get activity or isn't happier. It's just, it's a very different thing than what you think about when you think about traditional problems in youth sports and in the U.S. today. I was really impressed with something you mentioned. I think it was, what was the rookie brand called? Little Rookies. Little Rookies. We don't even feel the full team and the activity of the coach pitching the ball out. If there's a swing and a miss, the kids are busy on every single play. That's brilliant. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because you, you just go, it's common sense. You know, like it's so amazing when you sit there and you think about my kid was in T-ball and it will go down as one of the, the worst experiences I've ever had in my entire life. And my kids will probably never play baseball again. And then you talk to another parent and they're like, oh, yeah, I had the same experience. And you talk to another parent and they had the same experience. And fundamentally, everybody knows that these kids are sitting around bored, but it's all diehard baseball people that are thinking about the, the game and not the kids. And so they're like, all right, well, the kids will just deal with it. Fundamentally, this is the underlying kind of feeling when you're on those fields. Kids will deal with it. This is the sport. Either they want to be here or they don't. And if they don't, they'll wash out. My kids will get older and I'll just move up in the volunteer scale Mm -hmm. and get to the games. But the issue is, it's not that the kids don't understand the game or don't want to play the game. It's just they're not ready because they don't have the skills to give you the level of action. And so it just seemed like such a no-brainer to say, let's get action and skills on every single play. And it just changes the entire kid's experience. Well, that's a fairly new acquisition. I thought it would be always our our number five brand when I first bought it. And I'm starting to think there is a white space here that it will actually be our fastest growing franchise by next year. Probably right behind soccer. Just the initial reaction from the parents, from the, the first couple franchisees who are in our system that have started doing it. I mean, they're just called baseball clubs. So our first franchise owner, who's a baseball guy, who actually was the one that put us on to Little Rookies, he's like, we really need to own this. And he called four baseball clubs in the area and just said, hey, look, I don't want to compete with you. Just give me five seconds to just hear me out. I want to take all the kids that you don't want to babysit, and I want to teach them skills and make sure they have a lot of fun. And when I get done with them, 
I'm going to send them to the club and they're going to be ready and they're going to know how to hit and they're going to know how to play the game and they're going to be ready for your volunteers. And all four clubs signed up within the first week. He didn't even sign his franchise agreement yet. That was just on the first four cold calls. So the demand, I've been shocked at the amount of demand that's out there. We just recently launched a New York City class that sold out in the first week. So I, I do think that actually will be one of our biggest things. If you look at our brands, everything has a very unique niche where baseball, we're kind of on an island of our own. Nobody's doing it. Tennis and golf, same thing. Nobody's doing it the way we're doing it. Multi-sport and amazing athletes and jump bunch. There's a couple programs that are kind of knockoffs, but they don't teach nutrition. They don't teach teams building. They're not developed by early childhood education PhDs like our curriculums were. And so they stand out. Soccer, we're the only program that can go kid to college, right? So even some of the other bigger, there's tons of soccer programs out there. Nobody goes crib to college. And so every single brand has to stand on its own. It has to be unique and it has to be hyper-focused on giving that kid an amazing experience. That's what the platform is. What kind of investment are we looking at for somebody that gets in business with you guys? So you can get in for as low as about $35,000 on a franchise fee. Equipment, your first bag will cost you a couple thousand dollars. And then after that, there's really no fixed expenses because you're working out of your home. So now all of a sudden your home becomes an asset and you get tax write-offs. Your car becomes an asset because you're getting tax write-offs. And you have your minimums, but they don't kick in usually for anywhere from three to six months, depending on the promotions we're running. And there's no fixed cost. So sky is the limit for cash on cash returns on day one. Mobile businesses have strategic financial advantages because they don't have massive capital and infrastructure costs that you're trying to recoup for the next five years. Makes nothing but sense to me. We're coming around the final turn. Is there anything I've not asked you before I ask you to give contact info? Yeah, I think one of the biggest things is I'll never ask you to do something with your money that I'm not doing with my own. We operate over $20 million worth of units as a franchisor. And the system-wide revenue is at probably a little over $47 million. So a little less than 50% of the total system-wide revenue is run in units that we actually own and operate. And that gives franchisees a ton of confidence. And I think that's a real strategic advantage because we're not just just telling you from our ivory tower what you should do. We are living the exact same problems. You have inflation problems with coaching wages. You have coach recruiting problems. You have partner negotiations over a revenue share with the school. We're doing it all actively. So I can speak from real, real true experience. And I have team members, over 100 corporate staff that support all the franchisees that if you run into a unique problem, I'm living it and I put you with the person at corporate that's living it and we show you how we got it fixed. I'll tell you one thing that I see, actually I hear, is that in addition to money, the most important asset that a franchisor or a franchisee for that matter can bring to their business is passion. And you're just screaming with passion. It's clearly evident how much you love your business. It's just as good as it gets when you're a franchisor. John, how do people find you to learn more? So they can find us at Youth Athletes United com. If there's interest there, they can go through our process, fill out a form, and then we put them into the brand development channels. They could also reach out to me directly at john, J-O-H-N, at amazingathletes.com, and I'll get them to the right place. And my cell phone number, 608-770-3819. 
You can call me anytime. We are on 24-7 to support our partners. And that's what sets the culture. And it's made something pretty amazing so far. That's a great story. You've been listening to Youth Athletes United president and co-founder John Erlinson. And it's been a real joy having you here today and sharing so much with the audience on Franchise Today. Thanks for having me, Stan. Appreciate it. Well, that's a wrap for today. Next week, I'm joined by another rock star franchising veteran when Dave Kyle, Franworth president and founder of Franchise for Good, comes center stage right here on Franchise Today. Until then, I'm Stan Friedman wishing you the best, the very best of all things franchising, and Franchise Today is out. Franchise Today is a production of FRM Solutions, providing best-in-class CRM tools to empower relationships with prospective and existing franchisees. No excuses, just solutions. Find them online at frmsolutions.com. Join Stan every Wednesday at noon Eastern for another live episode of Franchise Today. Or, as always, download episodes on demand at blogtalkradio.com or iTunes.